to the Lord with my whole heart. I will tell all of thy wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O Most High. This is The Bible Says with Mike Hughes, author, speaker, and evangelist for the Spring Hill Church of Christ, Spring Hill, Louisiana. Make sure you download the note card for today's lesson by going to our website, michaelrhughes.com. Once you're there, click on Sermons, which you'll see right below the photo of the Bible. Next, scroll down until you see the list of lessons and choose this lesson. To the right of the lesson, click Listen. Finally, at the bottom of the audio player, click Details, and then click the lesson title beneath the player and download the note card. Now, let's join Mike with today's message. Thank you for listening or watching this sermon, wherever you might have uh, picked it up, downloaded it, uh, listened to it. Uh, remember the archives of all these sermons from the Spring Hill Church of Christ are on YouTube. And that's at SPH Church. I believe is how we have that listed over there on YouTube. And do download the note card. The note cards will help enhance the lesson for you. You can you have something to fill in as you're watching or listening to this lesson. So I want to ask you today, what terrifies you? I've been thinking as we have been going through this COVID-19. Here it's uh, September, what, the 24th, I think, uh, 2020, and still really don't know when we're going to be out from under all this, but that's a terrifying thing to some people. Some people, you know, October's approaching, Halloween's approaching, walking through a haunted house terrifies people. I run into people all the time that talk about being terrified of heights, climbing towers, uh, getting up high. Others, it's a scary movie playing at the theater or on uh, Hulu live streaming or whatever. And then there are others who are just terrified speaking in front of a crowd. Now, while these things may terrify people, I believe there is one thing that could be described as the king of terrors. Do you have any idea what that is? Now, let me pause a little bit. Maybe the screen may help you if you're watching this a little bit. But what do you think the king of terrors is? Well, here's what I believe the king of terror is, and that is death. And the reason I say that is David, King David from the Old Testament, spoke about the terrors of death. In Psalm 55, 4, he said, My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. 
So King David said that it was terror, death was. Bildad, the ignorant friend of Job, you recall, thought that Job was suffering for doing something drastically wrong. And in Job 18 and verse 14, he is torn from his tent in which he trusted, and Bildad says, is brought to the king of terrors. So Bildad referred to death as the king of terrors. Now, he was wrong about why Job was suffering, but he was right that death is the king of terrors. As we consider, as we think about eternity, death must be discussed. Now, unless we're alive when Jesus returns, and you hear all kinds of theories about that today, especially with this COVID virus, uh, all kinds of things about that. But, it, you know, unless we're alive when Jesus returns, if we're going to get to heaven, it means that one day we must face the king of terrors. We will die. The subject of death often makes us uncomfortable, rightfully so. I remember a preacher up in Illinois named Leslie Dieselkamp, people in that part of the country know him, was instrumental in starting a lot of churches up in that area. And I went to visit him in a nursing facility toward the end of his life. I think he was approaching 90, might have been in his 90s, but he was within weeks of dying. And I asked him if he was afraid of dying, and he said, no, I'm not afraid of dying, but I'm afraid of the process. And that's a lot of people are afraid of the process of dying. There are no in-depth discussions on Facebook about death. It's not a discussion that parents have with their children. In our culture, many go through the mourning process of losing, uh, losing a loved one as quickly as possible because thinking about death makes people feel uncomfortable. And there's even more people that shield their children from funerals and things because of this terror of death. Death is our enemy. In 1 Corinthians 15, 26, whether we like it or not, death is a reality of life. So this morning or today, I want to consider what makes death so terrifying. And now I want us to see what Jesus has done to ease the fear and terror of death. So we start out asking the question, why mankind fears death? Why is that, that man fears death? First of all, men fear death because it's unavoidable. Some things in life we can avoid, bad neighborhoods, traffic jams, diseases. Uh, there are people that get tickled at me living around Chicago so long, in that area so long, and all the, the uh, stop-and-go lights and all the... Uh, shootings that occur at a when someone is stopped at a stop-and-go light, I kind of go out of my way to avoid those lights. 
And if I can take a back road and not have to go through some, I will do that. And they just, you know, well, what are you doing that for? And I go through the explanation. So we can avoid the possibility of getting shot at, getting shot. Uh, we can avoid a lot of things, but we can't avoid death. There will never be something that man can create to eliminate death. It will happen to all. Hebrews 9, 27. It's appointed unto man once to die. It doesn't matter how old or young we are. We can't avoid death. Uh, Genesis chapter 5, verse 26. Watch, look at these people. When Seth was... 105 years old, he fathered a son. And then it talks about he was eight, 807 years old and he fathered sons and daughters. But then it says all of his days were 912. And look at this last phrase. And he died. Enos, his son, lived to 90 years. He fathered a son. He lived after he fathered his son 815 years and he lived to, 100, to 905 and look what it says about him. And he died. His son lived to 70 years old. He fathered a son. And then we find verse 14, all the days of Kenan were 910 years old and he died. So death come, came upon all of them. And then we continue. His son lived 895 years old and he died. His son Jared, 162 years old. He fathered Enoch, and we know that name. He lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years and had sons and daughters and he lived to 962 and he died. So now we're used to old people dying. But what about young? Look at the young. In Matthew chapter 2 verse 16, Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed all male children in Bethlehem and all that region who were two years old and under. So there's young and old. The king of terror. It doesn't matter if you're good or bad. Notice Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 12 so I turn to consider wisdom and madness and folly for what can the man do who comes after the king only what has already been done then I saw that there is more gain in wisdom than in folly as there is more gain in light than darkness the wise person has his eyes in his head but the fool walks in darkness and yet I perceive that the same event happens to all watch this then I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? And I said in my heart that this is also vanity. For of the wise as of the fool there is no enduring remembrance, seeing that in the day to come, days to come, all will have been long forgotten how the wise dies just as the fool. So we all die. Death is unavoidable. Then next, men fear death because it's a lot of times unexpected. 
We hear of it all the time on the news. People who are shot from a long distance and don't even expect it. You know, we like to plan things, especially I do. I like to plan my week. I like to plan my day. I like to plan my preaching schedule. We like to plan vacations. We like to plan based on the weather. We get up to see what the weather is. Has it rained? How hot is it? But who can anticipate death? Who can say that they know when they will die? James says in James 4, 13, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there, trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Then he says, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Because death is unexpected, we need to be ready. Well, then another reason that men fear death is because they're unprepared. As said, it's one thing to be unprepared for a business meeting, a school exam, or when your taxes are due, but nothing is worse than not being prepared to die, to meet God. Yet many die unprepared. Some ignore the reality of death, as we've seen in Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed unto man once to die, after this the judgment. Others recognize that death is real, but they delay obeying, like Felix told Paul to go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. He never that we know of got that opportunity again. People who understand the reality of death have obeyed God and then they have fallen away. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, what he says about that. For if after all, they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them what the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallowing in the mire. You see, they too will be unprepared. Many fear death because they are not prepared. If this is us, we need to be prepared. Men also fear death because of the unknown. There's been nobody that has died to come back to tell us how it is, despite what some of these books we see people write about five seconds in hell or I died and came back or whatever other book it might be. None of us have experienced what it will be like to take that last breath. No one from the grave can tell us or prepare us for that moment. John 11 verse 44, we know that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and when he raised him he said... The man who had died came out, his hands bound and his feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said, Unbind him. Now that would have been interesting to have talked to Lazarus, wouldn't it? 
Don't know what he would have told us, if it would have helped us any, if it would have changed our lack of preparation. Death is a king of terror. It will happen to all, but thankfully, as the people of God, we don't have to fear death like so many others. So now let's find out why. Why don't we need to fear death? Well, it's possible to face death without fear. And this may sound odd to many in the world. Yet we find people in the Bible who seem confident when faced with the reality of death. The Apostle Paul said he was willing to die for Christ. Acts chapter 21 and verse 12. He said, when we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem. That's Paul they're talking to. And Luke is doing the talking. Then Paul answered, what are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart. For I am ready not only to be in prison, but even to die into Jerusalem for the name of my Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be done. The Apostle Peter spoke of his impending death with confidence. 2 Peter 1 and verse 14. Since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. Look at Stephen as he died. He didn't exhibit fear. Acts 7 verse 54. And when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth or gnashed their teeth at Him. But He, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And look what He said, Behold, I see the heavens open, the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. They cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, rushed together. They cast Him out of the city and they stoned Him. And look at this last part. The witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul who would later become the Apostle Paul. Witness that. The Apostle John said it was a blessing to die. In Revelation 14, verse 13, I heard a voice from heaven. He said, say, write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest for their labors, for their deeds do follow them. How could these men not fear death? It was because of their relationship with Jesus. As Christians, we have a relationship with Jesus. Therefore, we can face death without fear. We can face death without fear because death is not the end. While Jesus died, He would be raised on the third day. Others like Lazarus, Dorcas have been raised from the dead, but they still died again. Jesus never will die again. Jesus has power over death. Revelation 1 verse 18, The living one, I died, He said, and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades. And through His death and resurrection, we have confidence that when we die, we too will rise. You see, death is a transition, not a termination. The God we serve is the God of the living and not of the dead. Matthew chapter 22, verse 31. As for the resurrection of the dead, we 
He says, have you not read what is said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So death is not the end. And so we see that. This is why we can face death without fear. Well, we can also face death without fear because we can expect great things after we die. While death can come upon us unexpectedly, through Jesus we can expect some great things we can die when we die. We can expect to be in the realm of the blessed. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them. They're in a place of rest. Revelation 14, verse 13. We can expect to have a better body. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body. We'll have a new body. We can expect to be reunited with our loved ones who have already died in Christ. In the kingdom of heaven, we'll know one another by name. Look at Acts, uh, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 10. When Jesus heard this, He marveled and said to those who followed Him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come, He says, from the east and west and recline at the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So we'll know each other. The sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. He says, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is something great to expect. Not the weeping and gnashing of teeth, but being able to recline at the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. While death might come unexpectedly, through Jesus and His resurrection, we can expect great things after we die. Then we see we can face death without fear because those in Christ are prepared to stand before Him. 1 Corinthians 15.56, Paul spoke about the sting of death. He said that the sting of death is sin. What does that mean? The sting of death is to be conscious of sin. It's fear of getting what we deserve when we stand before God. It's the conviction that due punishment of wrongdoing must come in, life, in the life beyond. Man fears death because if there is a judgment day, we are in real trouble because of our sins. And we know there's a judgment day. Hebrews 9.27, It's appointed unto man wants to die. After this, the judgment. The sting of death is to know that we are guilty of sin and that we will have to give an account of our sins to God. This is why death is so terrifying to me. Because you're unredeemed. But because we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, we no longer need to be afraid of death. In Him, Ephesians 1 verse 7, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of His grace. Those who are covered by the blood of Jesus will be prepared to stand before Him. Now, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 56, the sting of death is sin. 
The power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus, the sting of death is gone for those who die in Christ. And then, we can face death without fear because we know that God will be with us. While we don't know what the experience of death will be like, we know who will be with us. God, our Father, will be with us. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 8, He says, Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and be at home with the Lord. Then He says, For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He gains in death. He gains that home in the kingdom of heaven. It has been said that death is a representative of all human woes. There's sadness, bitterness, hopelessness that surround death. There are terrible forms of dying. There's a lasting separation that death causes between loved ones. And while death is often difficult to comprehend and understand, the child of God can take comfort that we can face death confidently. After all, we're on the edge of eternity. So we must prepare to meet God to not have that fear of death. And we do that by hearing the Gospel. Faith comes by hearing, hearing that is the Word of God. And we can know the truth. The truth will set us free. As we hear the Word of God, we can know it and be set free from the fear of death. We must believe the gospel. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe He is. He's the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. In, in John 20, verse 31, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. Must repent of past sins. I tell you, no, unless you repent you'll all likewise perish. The time of this ignorance God has overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Then confess our faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. For with the heart one believes and is justified, believes unto righteousness. And he says, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In Matthew 10, 32, Jesus said, Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge him before my Father who is in heaven. And then be baptized for the remission of our sin. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 16. Acts 2, 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And then we're to be faithful unto death. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death. And I'll give you the crown of life. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. One of my favorite passages. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing this, that your labor is not in vain 
in the Lord. This has been The Bible Says with author, speaker, and evangelist Mike Hughes for the Spring Hill Church of Christ, meeting at 405 Butler Street in Spring Hill, Louisiana. You wash your sins away, then walk in His light upon your heavenly way. We offer numerous resources on our website at michaelrhughes.com, M-I-K-E-A-L, michaelrhughes.com. There you'll find tracts, workbooks, and past sermons to help you in your spiritual growth in Christ. If you're in the Spring Hill area, we invite you to our service on Sunday at 945 for Bible class, 1035 for morning worship, and again at 6 p.m. for evening worship. Wednesday, we meet at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible study. We invite you to subscribe to our email list to be notified of new material added to our website by writing to macmichael at me.com.